Blog Talk Radio. We are the UR Tennis Network. Our mission is to be the voice of tennis. We enlist a team of passionate enthusiasts to promote our sport. We strive to bring interesting perspectives on the many spins of tennis. Our goal is to provide the learners of our sport with current news and information from many angles. We seek active participation from communities interested in tennis, but tennis is not interested in them. We are expanding our outreach. Tennis is a true lifetime sport that needs to be talked about, and the UR Tennis Network pledges to pursue this idea relentlessly. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball UR Tennis Network where you'll find all your tennis news. This is your host, Coach Denise, bringing you the FHS-TCA perspective on tennis. We've been doing this for two years, and hopefully we'll continue to share uh, the blessings that tennis uh, offers. And uh, we thank our CEO of the organization, J.P. Weber, uh, for keeping us uh, afloat here. We especially uh, recommend that if you're not connected on his Facebook site, J.P. Weber and the We Coach Tennis, uh, you ought to be following him because it's uh, much information there. Very, very important. Lisa Stone uh, and her Tuesday's Parent and Aces has been doing the broadcast for five years, and if you miss Tuesday's broadcast, you missed a very interesting um, broadcast with uh, USTA Byron Blackman, where we're going uh, a lot of uh, talk on uh, tennis and where uh, where America fits into it. And uh, uh, he has uh, some. Uh, it was very good. Uh, like all her shows are very very interesting. And of course on Wednesdays. Uh, we have uh, American Tennis with the legendary uh, coach uh, Chuck Creasy and his instructional series. I've been blessed. Uh, last week I was a very busy uh, week for me. I was invited to uh, a uh, coaches uh, meeting in uh, Bradenton, and uh, I'm not sure why I was among the uh, dozen coaches invited. I had uh, more uh, questions than answers. Uh, matter of fact, I don't know if I had any answers, just a lot of uh, questions. But uh, I spent a couple of days at the Inspiration Academy, and wow, uh, what an impressive uh, that day that was. And I'd like to thank... Uh, our host, well, I'd like to thank everybody at the Inspiration Academy. They were uh, fantastic. But uh, uh, Ashley Hobson, the director of tennis there, and uh, Morn Hobson uh, were especially um, you know, just gracious showing us around. And they uh, were naturally uh, two of the important coaches uh, that were there. Uh, and, of course, um, Chuck Creasy uh, was there, and uh, another uh, gentleman that uh, I have a lot of respect for. And, of course, Chuck Creasy, besides doing his show, has blessed us with attending our show a couple times uh, already. And uh, he has, uh, this past weekend, uh, we spent, well, I shouldn't say the whole weekend, but Thursday, uh, Friday, and uh, Saturday at Daytona Beach uh, with the uh, FACA workshop. Uh, he uh, did uh, three presentations for us, and uh, needless to say, uh, the tennis coaches love that. And I will talk more about that. Uh, at the end of the broadcast, because uh, I think we're blessed with a lot of things, but knowing me, I'm going to speak my mind, and I do have uh, a quarrel uh, there, too. So I will talk about that, though, at the end of uh, the broadcast. But I think today's show, we're going to have a very interesting show, because much of the conversation 
I should say in the last six months, it's probably been going on for the last couple of years, but I think it's we're hearing more about it in the last six months, is about uh, college tennis and why it's not where it used to be. And uh, I think uh, today's guest had an interesting journey, and uh, I go back where I could uh, see and remember pe- people coming out of tennis uh out uh, of recreation tennis and moving up and uh, she has a very interesting story we'll get to uh soon but uh Tom Farm and his uh attempt to make uh, American uh, make American tennis great again uh points out that uh, if those of you that heard his show uh about a month ago I think it was uh important uh, he uh addressed, I think, a lot of important uh, areas there. But I think the one thing we really have to ask ourselves, uh, how did we go from a period where, uh, you know, we had Jack Kramer and Arthur Ashe and Stan Smith and John McEnroe, Bob and Mike Bryans, Jim Courier, Brad Gilbert, Bill Titan, Roscoe Tanner, Jimmy Connor. Dennis Rostin, Dick Stockton, Vitus Gerolitis, Michael Change, Melinda Washington, Todd Martin, Bob Lutz, Bill Talbert, Tony Talbert, Vince Badiage, and, of course, our most recent, thank heaven for them, John Eisner and Steve Johnson, uh, to a point where we are today where a lot of people are saying you don't need to play uh, college tennis and uh, of course, uh, you've heard me preaching uh, how important it is. Uh, I've written in uh, Florida Tennis how important it is uh, in the magazine, and uh, I still have that belief, but uh, I think we need to have honest conversations about that. We've kind of the new kid on the block. We've only been doing the broadcast for a couple years, and, of course, we do want to thank the FHSTCA the people that have been supporting us, uh, um, I, I think we can't help but to overlap because um, most of the people, and especially the people that we're associated with, uh, people like Wilson Tennis, a leader in sports for over 100 years, uh, Team Connection Tennis, uh, the FHS TCA Clothier, Florida Tennis Magazine. What can I say? Uh, if you're not reading Florida Tennis Magazine, uh, uh, you, you ought to get in the program. Uh, it's uh, it's an important reading, not just for people of Florida, but across the country. And, of course, the FACA, the Florida Athletic uh, Coaches Association, and all of them really understand uh, that uh, – Tomorrow's college tennis players, USTA league players, volunteer, PTR and USPTA pros, as well as tomorrow's community and national leaders, they're all in high school tennis now. And um, which brings me to the question I ask every week, and that is, is high school uh, tennis an after-school sport at your school, or is it an after-school activity. And this is why um, each week on our broadcast, you might be listening to college coaches, professional coaches, tennis pros, uh, high school coaches, and educators, organization leaders like the FACA, PTR, USPTA, USTA, uh, and of course our partners. And we've been blessed to have them all on. And we we do want to share um not just my views, uh, it's not my views, it's important, it's your views. Everybody's uh, views are uh, really so important here, and that's what uh, this broadcast is really all about. Um, last, uh, well, not last week we didn't have a show because I had such a busy week, but previously uh, asking that question, uh, surprisingly, and I'm not um and with the article that in the last issue of Florida Tennis Magazine, where I asked that same question, 
I do. I did get a couple of responses uh, from overseas uh, besides the people responding here. I'd like to tell you everybody agreed with me. Uh, that's not true. Uh, and uh, I will express some of those opinions to the people that don't because I think everybody's uh, opinion is important. But I think it was interesting that one of the two comments, one from a gentleman in uh, Great Britain and another one from a young lady, an exchange student uh, in Germany, uh, who told me I should be uh, just thankful that uh, tennis is part of high school, that uh, just having sports as high school is something they don't have in Europe. And uh, I am thankful for that. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm very thankful that we have tennis in high school. Uh, but I don't think that uh, is the answer to my question. Is high school tennis an after-school sport or an after-school uh, activity? Uh, as a matter of fact, it might even take us to more questions uh, uh, why uh, why aren't we so far ahead of the Europeans when they don't have tennis in uh, uh, high school that uh, you play that in the club level? So, uh, uh, I but I do appreciate your opinions, and if you have an opinion on it, please let me know. Email me, and I will uh, get back to uh, to you. I will, uh, and if you want to uh, have a discussion on the air, I'll try to fit a time in for uh, you uh, to talk about that. But uh, I think it's important that we do talk about it, and I, uh, I, I, I will be bringing it up again. As a matter of fact, the next issue of Florida Tennis, which I'm turning in, I just turned in one of my two articles. I'll be turning in the other one tomorrow. We'll go to part two of uh, that. Um, why is uh, uh, is high school tennis an after school sport or an after school activity? So I encourage you to uh, get the next issue of Florida Tennis Magazine. Of course, if somebody's grabbed it from your club, uh, you know you can go to our website, FHSTCA. dot uh, org, and uh, you'll find it on there. Or you could go to uh, we now have Florida Tennis uh, on our Facebook, too, So uh, uh, on their Facebook, and they do have uh, the, the last issue is always there, and you'll always be able to read the last issue and our website, too. So, Which brings me into, uh, I, I think what I think about our show being, I think about a phrase uh, the Dalai Lama used, and uh he said, when you talk, you are only repeating what you know. But when you listen, you learn something new. And uh, I plead guilty, and I've said it before, um, I sit there and uh, have really very little new for you. I've been uh, blessed to uh, live at to an age where people uh, I've stolen a lot of stuff from a lot of different people, and I share with you what I have uh, received from other people. But listening to our guests, uh, hopefully you're going to learn something new and you're going to get a uh, an opinion on that. And I do see our, le- our guest on now, and I'd like to tell you a little bit uh, about her because I think uh, it reflects to what we've been talking about recently, and I think she has a, uh, an outstanding um, uh, story uh, to tell. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, uh, and then uh, I'll ask her to sit there and go into more detail. And then I want to get into a, a discussion because I think she probably has – uh, an awful lot of input on a discussion that is very current in tennis now. So uh, let me just say, Debbie, are you there? I am, John. Debbie, how are you? Debbie Landig, is that, am I pronouncing it right? Yes, correctly. Okay. Debbie is a, um, a, a person that 
drew my interest, not only because some of the people that uh, she know, Ken McAllister, who I've been blessed to know and I think has done a, an outstanding uh, job, and uh, Bobby Klonecki, who I thought we were going to be at our workshop. Uh, he's been making a move. Uh, and I think what comes, uh, I told you before, I was blessed to go out to uh, Texas a couple of, well, to be invited to the uh, Texas uh, Tennis Coaches Association uh, workshop, and truthfully, when we grow up in Florida, I want to, I want us to uh, be like that. But uh, Debbie was as a junior player growing up in the Southwest. She comes out of the Park and Rec department, and you know, and of course, those of you that have been listening to me, and uh, you know, some of our community, I've sat on the Park and Rec department. Uh, and the city that I live in, because um, I guess, you know, we all think we're trying to do a good job, but I do believe we could all do a little better. But uh, she comes out of there, plays high school tennis, and then she receives a scholarship to uh, Amarillo Junior College, where uh, she played for a year, and then she uh, left uh, and joined the uh, Roy Emerson and Ron Laver and his uh, tennis holiday tour. Uh, so uh, very interesting. I want to get in why, uh, you know, if these things happen because I do, you know, I, I'm always encouraging people to play college tennis, and uh, I hope I'm not beating the dead horse. But at 21 years old, uh, she moves to Texas, takes a job as an assistant uh, pro under Ken McAllister, and then nine years later, which I think is a little bit unusual for the tennis player, she sits there and goes to Europe to play uh, money tournaments in France, and then she's, com- she's competing on the WTA tour while trying to make a living in teaching. Uh, Debbie? I I think you probably have more to offer and experience, and I think education is so important. I push it, but, boy, it's hard to be uh, experienced, and you have experience in a lot of fields. Would you like to fill in the dots about yourself before I ask you some questions, please? Um, well, basically, you know, I grew up in Albuquerque playing tennis, and it was, you know, great experience, great place to play. And when I worked with Labor and Emerson, that's where I learned how to teach. And um, then I moved to Texas, and I got tutelage under Ken McAllister, which was phenomenal because he kind of fine-tuned me to be a professional. But after a few years, I decided, you know, I was kind of, you know, something was missing. I was playing Texas tournaments, and I decided to go back on the tour and the WTA had changed the rules where if you got if you played three tournaments and got in the main draw, you could uh, get a ranking. So I went ahead and did that, did that for eight years. And then uh, in the early 2000s, I went back to school and got a degree in film. And, uh, and I'm still teaching tennis, and I still play a little bit. And uh, basically, that's just my life, you know, tennis, 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 with a few little extracurricular activities on the side. Well, it is. Uh, it is I, I do feel we are blessed to uh, live this life and uh, enjoy it now, because uh, eventually you'll get an age like me where uh, the legs and knees will give out, and it'd be, it's harder to uh, do. But uh, you're playing in Europe. One of the things uh, I've had um, a couple of recent uh, people on who talked about the European and some people believe they're ahead of us in some things. Some people believe we made a mistake in following them. Uh, some of the discussions that uh, I had a meeting I recently uh, attended uh, with, with coaches that they're thinking one of our problems is the uh, having these age tournaments that we're breaking players up in by ages uh, in the USTA rather than them uh, going out and just playing uh, other people. And in Europe, my understanding is that you could be playing in one of these money tournaments, which goes on every single week. Uh, there's one. As a matter of fact, there's one in uh, looking at the ITF uh, 
uh, schedule recently. I see there's one in Turkey every single week, which shocked me. But um, that you could be playing a 12, 13, 14-year-old uh, girl there. Did you find that an experience while you were playing? Oh, all the time. Um, you know, it's kind of embarrassing to be, you know, in your late 20s and you're losing to 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds. But these girls, you know, they play tournaments week after week after week. Uh, you know, they kind of forego, a lot of them forego their education and just play. So, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, are you going to play tennis full-time? Are you going to go to school? Are you going to try to do both? But I found in South America and Europe, um, a lot of these kids, you know, they kind of put education on the side, and, and they're hungry. You know, they want it really bad, and they're playing all the time. You know, all tournaments, um, clay court, hard court in France. You know, you have you have three, four tournaments a week, and these kids are taking the prize money, and, and that was very competitive. But very interesting because they do the draws completely different. So I get yeah, the uh, running draws? into it all the time. How well, once do... you get a ranking, you you get a French ranking, and whatever your French ranking is, you call up the tournament. Say you want to play a ten thousand uh, franc tournament. You call up the tournament and say, "Oh, my ranking is a minus four six, for example." And they say, "Okay, well, you will start in the semifinals, and we'll see you Saturday." Then you call another tournament up that say maybe a hundred thousand franc tournament, and you say my ranking is four six, and they say okay, well you start in the round of thirty two. We'll see you on Tuesday. So you could play three four tournaments a week, depending you know which depending on uh, this uh, prize money and your ranking. So that's you know that's an incredible uh, <laughs> journey to be able to do yeah, that. I guess so. Uh, going back, I just saw something, and it um, uh, actually uh, over the weekend when I was preparing for a workshop we were doing, my wife pointed uh, this out to me because she runs the uh, District 15 NJTL uh, uh, tournament, uh, not tournament, but uh, 10 and under uh, training in our community. And, uh, and uh, I noticed that uh, you were talking about doing the quick start program and you don't still call that quick start do you we do we call it quick start and and we had quite a bit of success with it but what i'm finding here in texas at my club at least um we're cranking out really good little players i mean i have four-year-olds hitting top spin you know having fun rallying back and forth and then by the time they get about nine years old ten years old they're they're bored they don't want to do it anymore and then, you know, we try to encourage them on the team tennis thing, and they do that. But then, of course, you know, they're bored. And then if we try to push them a little bit and to actually enter tournaments, they're finding that because they haven't worked hard enough long enough, they're losing and getting discouraged and just stopping altogether. And then kind of you're seeing a, a surge again when they hit maybe high school so they can be on the high school team. But, they're you know, at this point they're just strictly recreational players, which is what uh, – you know, you were talking about earlier. Right, and I, and I think that's what the the USTA, one of my gripes, I think nobody does a better job uh, getting recreational players in than the USTA does, and they've, they've done a great, a great job uh, with that. But I don't think they've, and I, and I can't, and, and all of us, because I'm a USTA member for I don't know how long, but uh, we haven't figured out where and how do we separate the USTA in competition. And, of course, my question is, I always wondered, why are the football players coming out of high school? Why are the uh, uh, basketball players uh, coming out of high school and the baseball players, but not the tennis players? So uh, that's where I think there's problems. But getting back to the quick start for, for a minute, and I would suggest to you that you think about the name. Uh, we ran quick start uh, uh, tennis, uh, when uh, God for I don't know how many. But we ran an ITF of play and stay, which you're, you're probably familiar with. And then the USTA told uh, us to uh, change it to Quick Start, and uh, reminded me that eight years on the Florida board of on the Florida board that I should be a team member and talk to my wife. And uh, after reminding my wife about it a few times, she finally 
changed her program that she ran for 20 years to quick start tennis, and then the next year uh, we were told that that name is illegal or can't be used no more quick start because uh, it uh, – I forgot who it belongs to, somebody in the computer business, but uh, it was just a... Interesting. Uh, when my huh. wife saw that, she she said, I hope you weren't, Debbie. <laughs> you didn't push her in the quick side. I said, no, I didn't, because I don't... Uh, but I, I did figure I'd better remind her, because she reminds me all the time how smart I was pushing uh, to change the name of the thing, which uh, she finally... Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. But uh, let's get back to high school tennis. You're seeing some of those kids okay. coming back to high school tennis. And what happens to them? Are they ready to compete in high school tennis? or in? And I think uh, in Texas, uh, they, uh, from what I've seen, and of course you live there, you know, we face some of the same problems that we have. Uh, some schools that are basically, uh, re- you know, recreation, it's an after-school activity, and then there's very there's not enough schools I should say that are competitive year after year, and I don't mean you know competitive. I think we've all been blessed where we, you know, you get the proper freshman class in and you have a good tennis program for a few years, or the demographics uh, of the area that you're in that might produce uh, tennis. But I mean producing real uh, tennis programs year after year. Uh, do you have thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's like you said, it's kind of a twofold situation because you do have high schools that do field a team, but they're, you know, strictly recreational players. They, you know, many, many of these kids have never really even played tournaments. They know how to play and they'll show up for their matches. And a lot of it's just social, get together with your friends, miss Friday afternoon school. And then you've got uh, some of the high schools who are extremely competitive and have nationally ranked kids on their team. And, uh, you know, so when these two uh, high schools play each other, I mean, it's such a one-sided uh, situation. So, you know, you see, you see both sides of it. Um, you know, and a lot of it has to do with the demographics. A lot of the more fluent uh, areas in the high school produce, you know, much better players because those kids are taking private lessons or uh, with their own private coaches and the more poor areas are, you know, just your recreational kids, not really that into it. Do you have any uh, thoughts uh, on any suggestions, how we could uh, make it better? I I do like what Texas is doing uh, and then in the spring, you have a format similar to ours in Florida where you're uh, to compete in it. Then in the fall, they're now running the um, team event. Uh, we haven't graduated to that. But most of the people know they've heard my views maybe too often. Do you have any views on how we could sit there and get more um, high schools that Sports is the it's an after school sport and not an activity. Wow, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I don't know. A lot of these kids just they just are a lot are lazy, you know, they just don't want to put the time and the effort into it and of course sometimes it's financial, you know, to get better you really do need to take lessons and a lot of times, uh, you know, a two a single parent can't take their kid here to the lessons and you know that's just that's a tough one i don't i'm I'm not really sure uh you know I think the coaches of course can be really trying to inspire and maybe you know see if there's any uh you know free recreational uh, lessons or something they could uh, help the kids with uh you know that's that's a hard one yeah and I think in fairness to uh the u s uh t a uh is that every state uh, has their own regulations, and we play in different seasons. So it really is. Uh, if it was easy, um, it would have been addressed uh, by now. But unfortunately, it's uh, it's not easy. So it's uh, you know yeah. it's going to take a while longer. But I think if we're afraid to ask these questions, and I, I don't know if we'll ever get it solved. And uh, I do. Let me ask you another question. Then I, I don't think 
I'm, I'm making an assumption, and always tell me if I'm wrong, uh, is that you know you don't think we should go to the European thing where we're playing the schedules they are, but you think it would help if we're uh, sit there and instead of having the age brackets, you know, the 10s, 12s, 14s, 16s, if we had back to open competition. So if there is a 10-year-old that is uh, good enough to play in the 14, you know, let them play where the competition is. Or if there's a 14-year-old that's playing at a 12 level, they can go play that. I mean, I, I think as from a coaching view, I remember having an 18-year-old, and uh, although I was blessed to work with her until she went into uh, the Air Force Academy, but at eight, her mother was upset with me because as her personal coach, uh, I moved her out of uh, the 10-year-olds and moved her up to the 12 because she was number five in Florida. and. Uh, and the mother said she could be number one. And I said, well, I never heard of a college that wanted to know what the 10-year-old ranking was. So maybe I'm lazy <laughs> as a pro, yeah. uh, you know, looking for uh, for help. Uh, are we doing that the right way, do you think? you think that's why we're losing kids? I mean, I'm just wondering why we lose them. I, well, I think that's a two-part question. I think the, the first answer is if it depends on the individual. I think a lot of kids, you know, they, they don't want to lose, so they want to stay nice and secure in the being number one in tens versus being 25 in the 12s. But if a kid has no problem being 25 in the 12s or even playing a 14-year-old tournament, more power to them. You know, so I think that's kind of an individual between the player and the, uh, and the coach. If the, if the kid's able to, to play up like that, uh, I'd certainly, if I had any kids like that, I'd certainly encourage them to play up because there's, there's no harm in losing. You know, that's where you learn. Um, but as, as far as uh, are we losing kids, I think, you know, we, we've got a big problem in the country with devices. And I think these kids are getting really hooked on devices and uh, not wanting to put the practice time in. They're getting lazy, and I, I really think that's a big part of the problem. We're losing a lot of these kids to social media and uh, gaming, and I think that's that's a problem, you know, we need to address probably somewhere down the line, you know. Should there be restrictions on this? Um, I know a lot of camps and stuff restrict the use of devices. My club kind of says, yeah, we don't encourage it, and a lot of parents are like, well, I need my kid to have his phone because, you know, he might need to get a hold of me, but every time you turn around, the kids want to get on his phone and text somebody or check, you know, how many likes he has on Facebook or YouTube. So I, I think that's that's a, a big problem we're seeing right now. Well, I think you're you're right, and I think uh, uh, if, if, I'll do, if I, if I may, if you give me uh, two minutes, I have a, a view on this, and I think that one of the um, last lessons that coaches learn is how to say no. And uh, I think the reason, and especially the, 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 even with the better coaches, because you really get attached to these kids. You are part of the family. You are, uh, I sure. think, just, you're almost like a parent. And one of the biggest problems with parents today is what? They don't say no. So as a coach, when uh, you, you, it's just, for instance, a no would be, you know, you could have the phone on you in case your parents call, but when somebody's going to call it no, that, that is not acceptable. You can't do that. When somebody, when you say, I want you to reach up, you know, a little higher for your serve, toss it, you know, either higher or lower, depending on the situation, and the person says, um, oh, I'm doing that, and you say, no, you're really not doing that, and maybe one of those devices come in <laughs> handy now, maybe it's time to use that phone, Let, Let's take a picture and see if you really are doing that. And I think yeah, I'm. Uh, I agree. I, I had a tough day in school today, and I know you know. I think maybe uh, it ain't going to be a good day for me. No, that's not acceptable. So, and I could go on and on for the whole show uh, <laughs> with all the no's. But I think 
And everybody, and people say, but the longer you coach, if you really, if you, if you are coaching for a long time and you are passionate like me and you, then, it, you know, it, it comes to you because you know you have to say it. But it is a hard yeah. lesson to uh, learn, I think. Do you agree with me or disagree? Well, I agree with you, and I think, uh, you know, the parents or the coaches do play a huge part in the, in the development of these kids' uh tennis but uh you know let's for, say for example as coaches we go ahead and say okay no phones we're going to do this we're going to practice blah 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 and then we're going to afterwards you can check your phone when you're on your way out but i what i see is a problem when they need to practice on their own how hard are they practicing or are they are they in between game changeovers checking their phone or you know i think that's you know i mean we can only do so much but i'm i'm concerned as far as you know, when I when I was practicing, you know, there were no distractions. But had I had a phone, who knows? You know, I may have been on the phone the whole time. I don't know. But, uh, you know, that's that's where I'm seeing a little bit of uh, lack of discipline with the kids. And uh, not every kid, but a lot of them, the majority. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Uh, sometimes... Uh, uh, it was uh, easier. We all, uh, when you get my age, you get selective memory, and uh, you remember that, uh, especially if you grew up in the Northeast, uh, the time you walked three miles to school in the snow and everything. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the truth of the of matter course. is that in a lot of ways, if you were athlete, no matter what sport you were playing, it was easier because we didn't have all those distractions. Yeah. And no, plus it was we really environment. Didn't. Yeah, it, we had, there was an environment. If you wanted to play and you had the opportunity, uh, uh, that's important. Uh, well, let me I ask think, you. Go ahead. I'm sure. sorry. Well, I was just going to say no, when ahead. you said environment, I think this is another, and I don't know how big of a problem is, but I remember – as a child, uh, taking my bicycle and driving or riding my bike six miles to the club to play tennis. And then afterwards, my dad would come in the truck and pick me up. But nowadays, a lot of kids, you know, they don't, they're not taking their bike and going to the park or, uh, you know, walking to the courts or whatever because of safety reasons. And they're dependent on their parents for transportation. So I think Maybe environment plays a tiny part of that. If your parents are not available to take you, maybe you don't get to practice that day. I don't know how big of a, a problem that really is, but I know it's just not like it was when you and I grew up and, as kids. Well, and unfortunately, that's true, and I guess that's uh, why I do think that uh, the answer, and I don't know what the answer is. I'm like you. I, I enjoy having this conversation with you and hearing, bringing things out, but I don't know what the answer is. But I do think that sports can be the solution. I don't know how yet, but I think that uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that competition is a good thing. It's not a dirty word, and uh, no. you have to prepare and get to to compete, and then. Part of the competition, you're going to go out and you're going to lose, and uh, you know, then you're eventually uh, you'll learn to win. And uh, it would it would be great if that was the other end of the story, and we were winning all the time, but uh, we're going to lose again. But I I think that whole process makes us better human beings. I think that tennis is, is a vehicle that's going to help us in the journey of life. And I know I'm biased, but I still wonder why the football players come out of high school, why the basketball players come out of high school, why the baseball players come out of high school and not the tennis players. Well, all those sports that you mentioned were team sports, so that that may have something to do with it. And and they're also all seasonal, where tennis is individual and tennis is year-round for the most part. So that that could have a big uh, discrepancy right there. I don't know. Very, very good uh, point, Debbie. Very good point. You see, if we openly discuss these things, then I think we can find out, you know, what the questions we should ask 
so if, if we don't know what the issue, the only way we're going to know what the real issues are is if we talk about it. But I think uh, I agree with you. I think those are all factors. Now, how do we address those factors? Yeah. And one of my you know, pet peeves is I think in most states, I mean, in Texas, you have an outstanding uh, high school tennis coaches association. I think we have one in Florida. I know uh, in uh, North Carolina. I know there's a, a lot of states. Um, what makes us think that we can, you know, uh, the United States Tennis Association can sit there and make the decisions on high school uh, tennis and how it's going to go uh, without going to those state coaches' organization. It seems like uh, that if you want to make it better, you have to go to state organizations and that's, get their involvement into those coaches. Now, I admit, yeah. uh, as you've, I'm sure, detective, I'm, I come from the old small government uh, conservative, and I believe that great things come from the bottom up and not given from the top down. So that's my bias. What do you think on that? I'm sorry, what was it about the top from the bottom? Well, I said my bias is that I don't think, you know, it's hard. I think in the top, uh, you, you don't tell people how to do it. You say what your objectives are. I think that how you do it comes from the bottom up. New ideas come from oh, uh, the bottom absolutely. From the bottom up, yeah, and then I, in order to do yeah. that, you have to get those coaches in the bottom involved with you. Yeah, I agree because they, you know, they're they're working with uh, a lot of the grassroots program, and I think that's a real good start, starting with some grassroots programs. Um, you know, and, and a lot of those coaches are real enthusiastic, and uh, they have you know a lot of good ideas, and they're involved with the kids a lot. So I think that yeah, working from the bottom up is a great idea. Well, I, I don't know if we're, when we're going to find the answers, but I think we will. And I, I do think as long as we talk about it. But I I just was so impressed, <coughs> excuse me, you know, that where you come from I could relate to, uh, you know, and going out there. I, I, and I think it relates a little to what we're talking about. For you at that young age to decide to go to Europe to compete and, uh, you know, and struggle. With, did, uh, am I uh, correct? Did you go to Europe or to France on your own, or were your parents with you? Or? Yes. No, I, no, my parents didn't play tennis. They, in fact, I think uh, they even had doubts whether I was actually a real tennis pro or not because I told them at a young age I was going to be a tennis pro. And they were like, yeah, whatever, kid. So, yeah, everything I've done is on my own with the help of some fabulous uh, teaching and coaches. You know, I have to give thanks to Ken McAllister, Sissy Kelly, Dick Johnson, Roy Emerson. They were all super instrumental in my, my growth and development from playing to coaching. And I still, you know, rely on their uh, opinions, and uh, and they're still just great people that are knowledgeable and absolutely dedicated to the game, which has, you know, helped me out a lot. Great mentors. I'm so glad there you say that because I tell people all the time the uh, great people. One thing about our profession is the outstanding coaches are sharing, and people say, "How do you?" Yeah. How do you get so many outstanding guests on your show? And I tell them it's because they're, they're good people. I still want to give. They're out there and they know. You know, before I let you go, I see a caller that's been on here a while. Let me just see uh, if I uh, they have a question for you, okay? All right. Hi, do you have a question for Debbie? Hello? Uh, you got me on? Yes. Do you have a question for Debbie? Well, I had a kind of a comment because this is Ken McAllister, and oh, uh, God, oh, buddy. <laughs> how are you? I very, yeah, I'm doing great, and I've uh, been listening. And uh, I just happened to be on as she mentions my name. That's pretty cool, uh, for sure. But one of the things that uh, it's sort of two ended things that I wanted to comment on from what you guys have been saying because I couldn't agree with you more, John, about your 
comments about uh, uh, well discipline of kids and uh, working from the bottom up. I think those are important. Uh, Debbie probably hasn't mentioned that uh, she played high school tennis on a boys team. And, oh, and oh I didn't know that. that was yes, I forgot to tell you uh, about that. That was quite a historical thing. Yeah, it, it, wow. when, you, when you see that she she could the only way she could play the game she loved was by going out there and making a team competing against the boys and she did make it. And so my comment to that is simply we've come a long way, baby, for that, for sure <laughs> on on school <laughs> tennis and everything. And yeah. on the other end of that uh is um I think still high school tennis is and the high school tennis coaches are a real huge key to the future of tennis. And one of the reasons is the USTA and the pros, of course, would love to have top players, and they should, and that's the right right thing to do. But when you're a teaching pro teaching kids, you are, you're caught in a the dichotomy of, of – of uh, wanting to keep a student and discipline them at the same time. Not always an easy thing uh, in that environment. But with high school coaches, they can set the standards because they get paid the same whether they have two kids on their team or or 200 kids on the team. Um, And so they they can set a standard, which I think is so healthy for, for the youngsters. And I know, John, you've got the experience in this area so anyway, uh, from your comments, which are so good by both of you, I just wanted to add that those thoughts came to my mind uh, as far as the future of junior tennis and and tennis in general, because the number of kids playing is not as much. We have to keep in mind tennis is still way ahead in participation of uh, players over the other sports. It's all the sports that are hurting because of the the stuff with the uh, devices and everything that Debbie was referring to. Anyway, thanks for letting me on, John. I just wanted to add my comment. Well, well thanks. I think that's an excellent point. Thank you for being on. And you've got we've got to talk more often because we. I have to know when you're coming to Florida. Just uh, boy, I, I thought we had an outstanding agenda. Uh, last week at uh, the workshop, but uh, if you were added to it, boy, I'd really... Uh, well, I'd love to catch uh, one of them. Yeah, well, uh, maybe I, we're I will. Gonna... I'll, let you, I'll let you know next time I'm coming to Orlando. Uh, I'd appreciate that, Ken. Uh, Debbie, I didn't realize that you were a... Uh, you played on a boys team. Uh, That's... Uh, you have uh, come a long way, baby. That is that is yeah. special. Yeah. It was. It was and a I very historical that, uh, ruling. And I think that's the thing that I just have to ask myself. And like I said, I don't have uh, the answers. Uh, but, I mean, if we, instead of having the 10s, 12s, 14, if we just had open uh, play, uh, do we have a chance to put more people? We had a, the proper uh, rating system where the people play so they're competing. Uh, I know nobody wants to go out and get killed six love, six love, and we lose people that way. But I also uh, I also believe that uh, you don't get, gain anything uh, playing uh, six, uh, you know, winning six love, six love either. So no, yeah, no, you don't either way. It doesn't help. But, yeah, some of the rules maybe need to get relaxed. What was that? Would you repeat that? I didn't hear it. I said said maybe some of the rules need to be a little more relaxed, you know, know, not being so stringent. You know, I mean, it doesn't hurt, you know, to, to try to relax some of the rules and see what happens. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I do have my own opinions on something. I think it's a great game. I think we should introduce the people to the game who the greats were. You worked for, God, three of them, uh, Roy Emerson, Ron Lavers. 
but I think uh, you know when you go through uh, the the list of people that uh, used to play, the amount of the pros that uh, came through uh, high school, I mean, came through uh, the colleges, uh, the McEnroe's mm-hmm. and the Jimmy Connors and, uh, uh, you know, the uh, Arthur Ashe, uh, Stan Smith. I mean, the list goes on and on. And now uh, we have oh, yeah. uh, two great ones, Steve Johnson and Isner, but, I mean, we're not seeing the players coming out of there no more. No. And and I think, uh, And I don't you know, think we will. That's a shame. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm not feeling that optimistic about it. Um, but although, I do like that a lot of people play recreationally. You know, I mean, you, you still you still are getting some people out there that are playing and having fun, but as far as... Um, high school and going to college, playing, you know, I think it's on the on the downside. And I would like to see it rise, but I, I'm just not feeling that it will. So, yeah, some of these issues need to be addressed. Yeah, well, I, uh, you probably, uh, you might be right. Uh, I must admit I've been accused of being a dreamer, and I plead guilty uh, to that. <laughs> And that's why, one of the that. things that yeah that keeps me going and pushing that uh, we are going to uh, you know see things. I don't think things have to be the the way they are, but they are if we're silent. Uh, uh, then uh, you know there's no question uh, they will remain the, the way they are. But I don't I don't think that's a necessity. Sure. But who knows. Uh, and, and you know, I, I think back of another great woman that, uh, uh, although I disagree with her husband's policy, I just loved her. It was uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, and she said, "You must do the things you think you cannot do," and that's why, uh, truthfully, I'm going to keep fighting the battle. But I do thank you for being on. And uh, if you have uh, any uh, last word before I do some uh, business, would, is there anything you'd like to finish with? No, um, I really appreciate you having me on. I think, um, you know, coaches like you and myself and others around the country, you know, they're doing the best they can. I think they've, they've got an uphill battle. So, you know, kudos to them. I, I wish them the best of luck and that they keep plugging along because even if you – you know, encourage one player, hey, that's that's one player that who knows what they'll do. You know, they may turn things around and get more people inspired to play American tennis and high school and college tennis. So thanks again for having me on, John. Well, thank you, Debbie, for being on. You're what I talk about uh, often is the outstanding coaches in this country. When you go meet them, don't be afraid to ask them questions because most of them will share uh, there's a, a few people that think that they've discovered something special, I have to tell you. And uh, over 50 years of uh, coaching, uh, I haven't discovered uh, much personally. I've, uh, I've used a lot of other people I did. I did tell at the beginning of the broadcast, I did want to tell We just had uh, the workshop this past weekend, and uh, – I, I it, we were just blessed. I mean, we had Scott Inge coming out from, out from Kansas, uh, uh, the Hall of Fame, the Clemson Hall of Fame coach uh, Chuck Reese, uh, spending three sessions uh, with us. Uh, all the, uh, wow. the outstanding coaches that were there, and then on uh, Saturday we gave uh, the awards out and. Uh, my disappointment is is that we didn't have enough coaches there coming to see there. And, again, I think one of the measurements is if you have a, a program, an after-school program or an after-school sport, if you have an after-school sport, then your coaches should be at these events. I mean, the one oh, thing absolutely. that – Oh, absolutely. Yes, and that – and that, uh, you know, to me, truthfully, was a little uh, uh, embarrassing because, I mean, we had we also gave out, uh, well, the first year, Wilson, a great partner of ours, uh, I 
was blessed to join uh, John uh, Posner and the uh, FHSTCA Hall of Fame. Uh, we had uh, the uh, 1A Coach of the Year, uh, Tony Dominique, Circle Christian, uh, the 2A Coach of the Year, uh, spoke uh, uh, Harvey uh, Dixon, uh, Lucky Dixon, uh, they call him, uh, great, great gentleman. And Todd Rubenstein, uh, what an outstanding job. These, and we need these people like Todd, these young coaches oh, to come in. Of course. Get rid of us old coaches. Uh, but I think the message, as a matter of fact, I actually uh, just uh, finished uh, one of my articles for Florida Tennis because it's actually going to be a repeat of another because – yeah, one of the people said, well, what's the FHSTA Hall of Fame and, and why? Well, we gave the, the first two awards there, but why? Uh, what is it for? It's for people uh, that are honored at, that are association members for years of excellence and leadership supporting a mission statement of the FHSTCA and why it's done. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and this is something I learned a few years ago in Texas, and because we didn't weren't doing it, uh, but because you need a tradition of excellence as part of every worthwhile organization, and organizations should be recognized, and a level of membership should be in place for those members who are in the forefront and conducting the daily business and fulfilling the mission statement. And like I said before, oh, ordinary. Can do great things, and of course, these are sure. the people who are inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I think the benefit is not to the individual. Uh, all the coaches, I think, they're, they're they've received their benefits. It's surely not in, in dollars because you're going in there, but the the benefits is it builds a uh, a family of tennis coaches who are willing to share their knowledge and love of high school tennis and to build a larger family of FHSTCA members. And I think that's what we have to do. We have to build uh, a larger family. Uh, the rewards, mm-hmm. God, I received my rewards uh, <laughs> the first time I went to, you know, when I was, I come from a basketball uh, uh teach a basketball before uh, tennis. I wasn't a tennis pro like you. And uh, but one of my players uh, graduated from Yale and going to the graduation uh, ceremonies. Those those are the, re- the rewards. You know, I have one of my coaches coaching uh, in uh, Western Connecticut State uh, College or uh, – being uh, invited to uh, a, a wedding uh, uh, years ago, and then my wife Bobby and I, uh, not only is the invitation, but there's two airplane tickets uh, to go there because we had to be there and our room was reserved. I mean, those are getting into a Hall of Fame or getting a Coach of the Year that's not what it's about for the coaches. Most of us have already received our rewards a long time ago. To have a person in the military now that came out of the uh, Air Force Academy and when talking, uh, being an ex-Marine, I probably did talk too much about the military and the benefits and suggesting to her because she was one of the top students that she uh, the military academies, you said, coach, you can't always push the military. And I said, I'm not pushing the military. I'm just telling her. And coming back from Colorado, uh, when she says uh, to a visit, she says, coach, I'm going to go to the Air Force Academy. And, and you know, and those you can't get paid enough money for. And I go back to my other statements that high schools have to start paying coaches. But Always just depend on these coaches giving them themselves. We have to help them along, but those are the rewards. And uh, have somebody like Debbie come back and take her time. Uh, Debbie, I'm, I, I wish you, we would have talked a little bit more if I knew you were the only 
girl on a boys team. Uh, I, I, I'm just so. <laughs> well, we'll we'll talk again. I I would hope so. I would appreciate that because I think there's. I know you'll think through these things like I do, and hopefully we talk about them openly and we listen to each other. Uh, I, I, I'm going to dream that we're going to find a solution. So thank you for I being so. on. Well, thank you Please for having me and keep me in the loop. Tune in next week and listen, and I look forward to sharing tennis blessings with you again next week. Thanks for coming on, and I'll talk with you next week. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.